Welcome to the Global Band Group, a podcast that brings you stories, news and great guests from across the world of wind, brass, marching band and drum corps. My name is Keith Kelly and I'm a band director from the west coast of Ireland. Each episode I sit down with band musicians and directors from across the world to talk about their stories, their bands and how they're making an impact in their communities. Before we start, you can find out more about the podcast and the people and stories that we feature over at bandsofireland.com forward slash the global band room. And you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at the global band room. And now on with the show. Welcome back, everyone. I hope that you've all been keeping safe and well. Um, it really is a bizarre time for us all here in the band world. Uh, some bands are starting to return to socially distanced rehearsals and performances, and we'll be talking a little bit more about that throughout the show. And then some virtual projects are still happening around the world too, so really depending on where you are and how comfortable you feel with going back to your own band room and rehearsals, there's different things happening. So um, we'll be talking about all of that today. We'll be talking about virtual projects, we'll be talking about bands getting back to their normal rehearsals or the new normal rehearsals as some people are uh, saying Uh, but yes this is a really jam-packed show we have not one but two guests on today's show we have Andrew Jordan from Limerick um, a friend and colleague of mine and he's going to be talking about the diversity marching band that they're putting together and the virtual project that they're putting together for Pride Month here in Ireland and also I have Darcy Vote Williams from the After Sectionals podcast a bit of a superstar in music education in Texas and in the US uh, generally and she's going to be talking a little bit about the journey that she's been on over the last three to four months and sort of plans for returning back to school but first some news last wednesday the global band room launched a new podcast called finding drum corps in partnership with drum corps international it's a brand new podcast about my personal journey to finding out about this organization and this activity having only come to it in 2015 for the first time so if you're a drum corps fan or if you know absolutely nothing about drum corps which i didn't a few years ago uh head over and like that new podcast Uh, you can find it in the stream here for the global band room or you can find it on its own stream at Finding Drum Corps, or you can find it on DCI's own podcast stream, which is called Field Pass. So hopefully you'll enjoy that. Bands of Ireland is running a car park band project this coming Sunday, July 5th in Athlone. Uh, We still have a couple of opportunities for people to sign up. We have a maximum of 80 cars on the day that can come. Uh, So if you're interested in finding out more about that project, you can go to bandsofireland.com forward slash news and you'll find an opportunity there to find out information, download music and also uh, register. You must be registered in order to take part in this particular event because we have to maintain proper social distancing on the day and last but not least we have a virtual band project being launched here in ireland called the diversity marching band project in fact our next guest is going to be able to tell us a lot more about that than i can here Uh, there is a deadline on this before we get into the interview with andrew Uh, the deadline is for this thursday so if you are interested you want to start maybe looking at downloading that music now recording yourself and getting it in as soon as possible but for now let's head over to andrew jordan and find out more about this wonderful project andrew how are you how's things good to see you good yeah, it's good to see you. You were one of the first people I spoke to um, about 14 weeks ago, I think, yeah. um, around St. Patrick's Day. 
it's crazy to think that it's been 14 weeks and that's it's insane just come and gone. It's, it's even though it's been a, a tough time it's 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 kind of gone very quickly as well in some ways how, how have things been in limerick um yeah it's it's very like everywhere else in the country um you know it's, it's kind of taking things day by day and week by week um but we've been keeping busy um i'm delighted to say um We've started back on some small-scale performances, and so that's great. The last time I spoke to you was just before St. Patrick's Day, and everything was in complete lockdown, and everything was cancelled. So it's nice to see a little bit of glimmer of hope and some music starting to come back again, which is good. Well, so maybe let's get stuck into that first then. I, I know I t- talked to you beforehand, we had planned to maybe talk about the D- Diversity Project first, but you know, now that we're, we're talking about music starting to come back, um, Boher Boy, uh, your, Boher Boy Brass and Reed Band, you're, you're the director of the band there, and they they were one of the first bands to sort of take the initiative to start doing some do- social distancing um, uh, rehearsal slash performance, I believe. Yeah. I think they're, they're, they're doing both. Tell me a little bit about how, you, how you've been organising this and i mean the photographs and the videos look great it looks like people have really enjoyed um hearing some some live music in a in a new in a new way yeah no absolutely um i i suppose when lockdown happened we had to rethink how we were doing everything and and one of the initiatives we did with the band with Boar boy was um we got together on a weekly basis um online and we, we did some um music theory classes and just for the members to, to improve some skills um, in reading music, sight reading, all those different things. But you can't replace the live interaction and the actual meeting face to face. So we're all very, very eager to get back as soon as we could into some sort of contact, um, in whether rehearsal or performance. Um, and I suppose the the government changed the guidelines um, in the last phase and the these them slightly, which meant that small groups could meet outdoors. Um, so we use that as an opportunity, I suppose, um, to get ourselves together um, and meet in a, in a safe way outdoors and ha- have, as, as you said, a, a type of rehearsal slash recital outdoors for our local community to, to um, see and hear. Um, and that's what we did. We performed our first event, I think, two weeks ago, um, right outside the band hall um, for our local community, which is about 20 houses in Burke Avenue in, in Limerick City. And the neighbours come to their doors and it was great in the sense that it made it accessible. So people didn't have to go to a concert hall or to a, a live music venue. They just come to their front gardens. And there's a large green area where we were able to distance ourselves and keep ourselves safe. Um, but people could listen from their front gardens, listen from their cars if they were driving past. And so it made it very accessible. And since that first performance, um, we've done two more since. And... We've now started a little bit of a trend. Every Wednesday night, we visit a different part of the city. Oh, we cool. come together in the local green area and the local residents association do a little bit of local publicity. And people are literally, we had an event last night um, in Monlean area where people are bringing their garden furniture out to the green. They're bringing their um, blankets. And it's like kind of a bit of a prom in the park, but a very intimate setting, um, very safe. People are spread out and... Um, our band looks massive at the moment because we take over. <laughs> um, but it's great. And it, it, it's just like seeing family. You know, it's hmm. when band is apart. It's like being apart from your family as well. Um, so it's been fantastic to see everybody and get together and, you know, have the chat and, and a bit of playing then as well. Was there a lot of cobwebs in the band? Was it was it rusty? 
Um, surprisingly not, actually. I was yeah. very <laughs> surprised. Um, I, I think some people have been using this as an opportunity to do a bit of extra practice. And, and all Good. the bands that have been organized has been a great motivation for that as well. So I know a lot of our members have been involved in those projects as well. So that's been keeping everybody going. That's great. And and tell me, for, like, I know I've, I've started to hear some some uh, bands and band people around the country talking about possibly coming back. And they're sort of they're looking at uh, sort of what Boca Boy is doing and they're looking at some other bands that are starting to take uh, first steps in that direction. Have you got any tips for people? Is there anything that you found that has worked really well in terms of? Guide, well, not really yeah. guidelines, but but sort of um, sort of any any act, uh, pro- protocols that you've put in place that have really worked for you. Yeah, I suppose just in a very practical sense, um, some of the things that we've done um, lately. I know it took a bit of work, quite a lot of work actually, but we we've arranged our, our summer program um, into individual folders. So every member has their own music. Um, every member brings their own music stand with them, um, and every every member has their own chair. Um, so that's just a very practical sense. Um, people aren't in the band room just yet. Um, everybody's meeting outdoors. Um, you know, we have the sanitizer there. We're keeping two meters apart. Um, I'm just trying to think. They're kind of the, the main practical steps, really. Um, we've been coordinating very much in terms of who is attending, so we can monitor the number of people and the balance of the instrumentation as well. And if we need it, though, we we can. Um, alter the instrumentation and rotate people if we need to but we haven't had to do that just yet um so i think there's very practical steps um you know that bands can take and um, to keep safe and, and generally like for anyone that doesn't know the band boher boy um brass and reed band is generally a an adult band uh, but you also have um, a band in limerick the redemptress school of music band or center uh, center of music band and they tend to act as a feeder have have some of those been playing with the band or uh, are they um are they back yet or yeah um so so i suppose since i, I started um, conducting the board boy um, we've had a, a general trend of some of the more senior students from the rcm the redemptor center music joined the board boy um, but just last night we had some of the older members who haven't necessarily progressed yet into the band but because um the rcm band aren't performing at the moment and um, they joined in and um, with board boy last night so that was great, and that was a good opportunity for them to sit in in a, a senior ensemble and and feel what that's like, you know. So it was a very different experience for them. And and tell me, have have you have you got plans in place for for bringing the kids back? I, I know I kind of I, I kind of ask because I'm in a similar position and I'm trying to figure out wh- wh- how to how to bring the kids back um, at some stage. Um, yeah. Is there is there any talk about bringing the kids back at some point? So I suppose we, we are um, a centre of music, so we we follow and the same guidelines that are there for um, schools and. Um, and at the moment, there's, there's very few guidelines for schools. They're still working right. that out. Um, so in terms of long term, um, we, we're hoping to be back in September. Um, our building is large enough, thankfully, that we can um, you know, teach in a very safe way. And um, we are hoping with the new phase now starting on Monday that we might be able to get um, some rehearsals back with the younger members. Uh, again, outdoors and um, socially distanced and, and hopefully maybe some performances um, over the summer, um, as I said, in in a very safe way as well. And we'll be definitely taking in those protocols that we've done with Bora Boy as well, making sure everybody has their own music, their own stand, um, you know, all those different things. Um, 
And again, with with um, the Redemptress, we've been meeting over Zoom as well. Lessons have been taking place as normal every week online. Um, our theory classes have been going ahead. And we've we've actually started our own YouTube channel where um, we've been working cool. on band work. And the band members have been, they, they've gotten their music and by email. And then they can log on to the YouTube channel and see a tutorial for their individual parts. So where uh, where can people find you on YouTube? Oh, it's it's for the it's for it's the so members more so. Yeah, okay, just, um, sorry. Just a, a channel for them to access. Um, so mm. they've been busy. Um, so I'm hoping when we do come back, and um, there'll be no cobwebs, um, either with <laughs> those, with, the, with the younger members. Um, but but we'll see. Yeah. And have you been doing any social activities during that time on Zoom or? Yeah, um, table quizzes, bingo, um, <laughs> yeah. all those things as well. So they've been really good fun. Um. And again, yeah, it's it's been an novelty just even for, for the kids even to see themselves on the screen and, you know, <laughs> a bit of a novelty and it takes a bit of time yeah. to get used to it. But um, they've been good fun and um, everybody's keeping each other's spirits up and keeping everybody going through it all. Good. Uh, it's, it's great to hear and it's been lovely seeing the pictures and the videos of the band um, out and about and, and seeing those red uniforms out, out playing. So hopefully we'll see more bands coming back to that uh, pretty soon. Um, tell me, talking about talking about colour, um, the uh, the Diversity Marching Band uh, is, this would have been second year, am I right in saying that? Yeah, I'm, I'm not, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so tell me a little bit about what, what the Diversity Marching Band is and what happened last year and how it all would normally work if, if this was a normal year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I suppose um, you, the, the, the idea for the band really came, um, like I'm a musician, um, I've played music all my life um, and I'm a member of the LGBT community. Um, but I feel, I suppose, I've never really contributed much to the community in terms of any of the larger events or, or, or any of the, you know, the, the campaigning around the marriage equality referendum or anything like that. So I, mm. I thought to myself, what could I contribute, um, you know, to the, to the community? And music is something that I do. Um, so um, we, we have um, a, a strong tradition across the world now of pride events um, for the last um, many years now. Um, and... Limerick City is no different, and we've had Pride events here now for over 10 years. Um, and they're fantastic events, um, very colourful, very lively, um, very family-friendly. Um, but what I noticed missing from it, I suppose, was was live music, and particularly bands, because that's what bands do. They, they march, they provide that live entertainment in a, in a carnival-type atmosphere. Um, so that was, I suppose, the impetus for myself to kind of decide, well, maybe we could do something here in Ireland and, and bring the LGBT community and friends of that community together um, in, in the form of a marching band that we've called Diversity and um, to perform for the Limerick Pride Festival last year, which we did, and um, to continue that this year through our virtual performance that we will talk about shortly. Um, and we're, we're the only band, as far as I know, in the country that are doing this as under the banner of an LGBT group. Right. Um, but across the world, there are other bands like us, and particularly in the US, um, there's a very active um, lesbian and gay bands association, and they have over, I think, nearly 40 bands listed um, under wow. their membership. Um, and they've actually been in touch with us as well to, to offer support in any way that they can in terms of our endeavour. Um, yes, yeah, so that's just a little bit of, of where the idea came from and I thought where we're at. 
And, and before we get on to the virtual project, because I, I know I mentioned this to you earlier on, and, and you know, we have we have quite a mix of Irish people and uh, some international people that will watch this throughout the week and um, and, and will listen to the podcast uh, version of it. And um, what some people will sort of know that um, this is like a, a band that comes together every now and then, but some people will be sort of thinking that this is a this is a regular thing. This is much more like for anyone that knows the Irish Symphonic Wind Orchestra. This is sort of like a a project based ensemble where if there's an event t- tell me a little bit more about that and, and maybe some of the other possibilities for a group like this in the future yeah absolutely like ireland is is, is a small country in comparison to, to other countries um so we do have a i suppose a limited pool of musicians and um, so so the idea of this really is that it is a project-based band so that means that when an event comes up um our group forms and gets together for that particular event so our members are from throughout and um, the island of ireland um, and as i said for our first event last year and um, what happened was um i suppose through through our connections with the Irish symphonic wind orchestra and nationally and through contacts um i i managed to get a band together of i think about 60 people from around the country we met we had about an hour rehearsal before the performance and then we just did the performance um and i think that was it was the best way of doing it it was great um i don't think anybody knew what it was going to be like um but the result was superb and it was really energetic and, and full of life um so that's kind of how this band will work and um, we just don't have the population in ireland to have something i suppose um on a weekly basis um right but it's very important that the group is there and it exists and there is the opportunity and place for people to get involved um, if, 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 if that's a particular thing or a cause that they're particularly interested in. So uh, with that in mind, then, um, we're all on lockdown. Pride events around the world are not being cancelled, but they're being moved online for the most part. Um, tell me a little bit about your um, your upcoming virtual project then to, to, um, to do something with the Diversity Marching Band this year. Yeah, so as you said, um, all the Pride events, like everything, are going online this year. And um, there is a, a, a very uh, interesting um, event that's happening, um, I suppose, around the Midwest and West region of Ireland. And it's called Pride Inside. And what that is, is it's um, a, a culmination of a number of different Pride groups um, from around the, the West region and the South. So it includes Limerick, Kerry, Clarny, Galway, Mayo and Black Pride Ireland. And all those organizations have come together to, I suppose, offer a virtual pride um, as, as a joint up group. Um, so because we couldn't perform live, we've decided to get our members together and in, uh, extend the invitation to people, other people around Ireland and across the world who would like to get involved um, to put together a virtual performance of um, what's very much a, a, an anthem for the LGBT community, which is YMCA. And um, so that's the piece we've chosen. Um, so music will be sent to each player. And again, they record that um, in their own homes and send it in to us. And with the help of um, a, a great friend and colleague, um, Josie Fegan, Josie is going to um, put all these um, performances together into a full band um, arrangement of, of YMCA, which will be broadcast as part of um, the Pride Inside um, virtual um, parade, cool. um, which is take place in a couple of weeks 
So, and for anyone that that's sort of been part of the Global Band Room community group, or for part of the um, what was part of the Ireland's Call uh, project early on, they'll know that Josie was uh, hugely uh, helpful to to everyone when that started, um, when that whole thing kicked off, because. I suppose that was in March when many of us hadn't taken part in any virtual projects, and ver- uh, and and Josie had the 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 uh, had the the knowledge for how to put all of this together, and and how to record yourself properly. And she put up loads of videos, and uh, it was it was really really helpful to a lot of people. So I know a lot of people will be uh, familiar with Josie from that. Um, so tell me, uh, how do people get involved in this then? So the, we, we're all pretty familiar at this point with how to record ourselves and, and so sort of the details of that but how did they get involved in this project and how did they make the most of it yeah absolutely so at the moment we've got about a membership of 50 members which is fantastic um but there's always room for more players and um, so if people are interested in getting involved they can email us at pridebandireland at gmail.com so that's pridebandireland and, and I if you think i have people, that right there yeah that's it and if you send <laughs> us um an email and we'll send out all the information to you so we'll send out the music and some instructions in terms of and um, just tips on how to do those recordings um, and once we get those back in then and um, we put it all together just a couple of deadlines i suppose we are right. under a bit of pressure for time um because the events are happening and um, pretty soon so we've only got a, a deadline um of thursday the second of july so it's only a week left um, is that to get the final video in is that is that to, um, to register no, 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 or that's the that's just, that's to get in the videos yeah from players okay um so so it is only a week left um so as i said we do have a lot of members already um on board so if there is anybody else um they can con- contact us at that email and we'll send that information straight away and um, they are relatively easy to do those recordings now and the arrangement we picked um it's ymca it's an arrangement by michael sweeney so it's very accessible um it's not too difficult um so it, it should be hopefully easy enough to get in one or two takes Great. And, and sorry, when were the f- video submissions by again? J- next Thursday, did you say? Next Thursday, the 2nd of July. Thursday, the 2nd of July. So we'll have that up on the um, on the Global Band Room community group. We'll let people know about that. And I'll put that into the news section then for the uh, for the podcast too. Um, and, and as Andrew says, if there's anyone around the world that would like to take part in that, um, or if you're if you're in Ireland, or if you're one of our friends that, that watches uh, elsewhere, um, you're more than welcome to uh, submit a video and to, to contact Andrew to, to get the music and the guidelines and, and take part in this one then as well. Um, Andrew, where can people generally find out more about you and your projects and the, and the bands that you're, you're, you're working with? I know yeah, you, you have a number of different things going on. Yeah, there's a few. Um, so for, for this particular project, um, Diversity Marching Band can be found on Facebook. Um, it's, it's pretty easy to find if you just search for Diversity Marching Band. Um, the Boer Boy um, Band have their Facebook page at Boer Boy Limerick. And we have um, the Redemptor Centre of Music is the RCM Concert Band. Um, and they're the three, three groups um, at the moment that you can access any information on any of those bands. So a big thank you to Andrew Jordan for joining me on the live stream last Thursday. If you're not already doing so, you can follow us on Facebook at The Global Band Room. And every week um, or every other week, we have 
interviews on the live stream there where you can comment and ask questions and generally just take part and in addition to our facebook page we also have the facebook community group at the global bandroom where you can share your news your ideas ask people questions and it's a really really active group with band members from across the world in there so head over to facebook and uh, go to at the global bandroom community group to join that today now my next guest is a podcast superstar in the music education world her name is darcy vote williams when i started doing some of these live stream interviews back in march darcy was the very first interview that i did i was absolutely delighted that she joined me to talk about what we then thought was going to be a two-week lockdown and we now find ourselves 14 15 weeks later still in lockdown in many parts of the world and definitely still scratching our heads about how we're all going to return to school this september um it's the same here in ireland it's the same in texas we just don't exactly know what it's going to look like in september and darcy was able to join me and talk a little bit about what her thoughts are on both returning to school in september but also the journey that she's been on over the last 14 or 15 weeks so over to the interview with darcy vote williams darcy hello. hello hi how are you i'm good Good. How is life over in Texas these days? Well, uh, you know, Texas uh, does everything bigger and better. And today we had our biggest outbreak of COVID. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I man. think we have something like 2,500 new cases today. 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 Yeah. Huh. So, um, yeah, all of the Memorial Day shindigs are now hitting us hard. Um, and then right. we'll find out what is going to happen probably in another week or two with all of the protests and how right. that's going to impact those numbers as well. So had the, had the, as I say, flattening the curve, had the curve begin, it, it began to flatten. It actually and had. now there's a spike. Yeah, we had uh, there towards the end of May, we were, we had several days in a row where the number of cases each day were dropping. And, you know, we thought that was going to be a good sign. And I think a lot of people took it to mean that it was over. And so mm. now we're here, here we are again um, with those numbers jumping and, <sighs> yeah, it, but it's it, it's I mean it's a sign. I mean we we see it over. We haven't seen numbers increase yet at this point, but you know we see people kind of getting to a breaking point of yeah. containing themselves. Even people that will be very uh, cautious. I think people have just got to a breaking point where they have to go and see grandparents or grandchildren yeah. or um, and a slight amount of caution being thrown to the wind. And I I do think that as you guys are are, are seeing now that I think that we may get a a bit of a a slap on the, on the, on the hand yeah. with this one soon. Well, I'm, I'm just, you know, from a, from a band perspective, it's disheartening because yeah, I know of all of the things that have to be in place for us to really come back to normal. Um, Cause you know, I mean, we all know band on zoom is not the same. <laughs> like no. there's just, you know, you might be able to do math on zoom. This is, this is not a, a fully functional uh, working environment for us. So Knowing that the numbers are going up and knowing that my, at least my school district is voting on our first round of what may happen come August um, next week. And, and surely that they have to be looking at the, this increase in numbers and letting that impact their decision making. So, 
So it's back to the drawing board again. Back to the drawing board. We'll see. Tell me, before we get into sort of that journey, how many times do you think you've been ba- gone back to the drawing board now at this stage? How many times oh have you just decided to throw a strategy out the window? <laughs> many, many, many times. I mean, I feel like on a weekly basis, we're reinventing what yeah. this looks like. And I guess that's good. You know, somebody somebody the other day had said that uh, we were lucky because music educators, oh, it was, uh, it was Richard Crane, who's on the board of the Midwest Clinic. Mm. He said that we're very lucky because music educators are probably some of the most creative people, um, you know, in the world. Mm-hmm. And just coming up with new ways to reinvent what we do is just something that we roll with. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. stressful, but I, I think we have reinvented ourselves a billion times. At right. Because I was going to say, we may be one of some of the most creative people, but I think we're also some of the, you know, not, you know, and, and it sort of leans into the stereotype sometimes, but we also are some of the most emotional people. Oh, absolutely. And, and so the emotional roller coaster of coming up with these various different strategies and go, no, that's not working. I'm a terrible teacher. I'm just throwing it out the window. No, it's difficult. There have definitely been days of just like frustration to the point of tears. I mean, to be truthful, it's just, it's, it's been a stressful semester. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Well, let's, let's start back in March then at that. that, I don't want to go through day for day. It's not a dear diary, but I just kind of want to get a sense of the, 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 the sort of, um, the road that you've been on with this because uh, for anyone that doesn't follow Darcy by the way Darcy is a host of the After Sectionals podcast a band director with Styles Middle School mm-hmm. an amazing middle school program in Texas uh, who had uh, and have been uh, invited to perform at the Midwest Clinic uh, this year mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that in a, a little while I'm sure uh, and um Darcy has written uh, amazing books on music education, a lot of this stuff that I use myself in in here here in Balance Law in Ireland too. Um, so you're you're well used to sort of talking about strategies and and so on. So tell me where 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 did you you kick off with this? I mean, we're, we're told there's not going to be any band. What's the sure. you know, and and we're all working from home. Like where did where did you start then at that point? Well, to be honest, when we when this all started, I actually felt pretty positive about the whole thing. Um, and part of that, if I'm honest, was because my band had just gotten off doing our Midwest recording submission and they right. played amazingly. And because we had I mean, we were so lucky. We gave our Midwest concert on March 12th and on March 13th. It was the last day of school. Like we didn't know it was the last day of school, but we had this amazing um Finale, basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I, I couldn't have asked to have a better musical experience with my band kids. And so when we found out that we weren't coming back, you know, what we thought for two weeks, um, I was way okay with that because I was on this high from having this amazing musical experience with my kids. My colleague, Jenna, on the other hand, felt very differently. You know, she went into mm. this unknown time having never given the concert on the music they had been working on for the last okay. two and a half months. Their concert was was going to be later, was it? It was going to be in April. Um, okay. And so there was this, you know, void of completion for her. Um, and she felt very strongly uh, that, you know, she, her children and her had been robbed of this experience. The same experience that I had just had on the 12th and was perfectly right. happy with. You know, she her kids did not get to complete the journey on this music. And so that was a a point of frustration for her. But so I went in it thinking we were only going to be gone for two weeks and then this was going to be okay. In the meantime, we actually had our little spring break later than a lot of people across the country. A lot of the country had theirs before us. So they were coming back to, or they were starting this online journey the week that we were on vacation. 
So yeah. we all were kind of watching what everybody else was doing. We had all of these band directors that were doing these um, Facebook lives and demonstrations on how to use Zoom with your kids and all of the amazing <laughs> things we're going to be able to do with Zoom. And so we were all going into this feeling very positive. Mm. And then we had our first Zoom class. And I remember, <laughs> like, I was like, okay, now it's time for me to do a Facebook Live on it because that was not successful. Right. <laughs> like trying to do any sort of real ensemble work with your kids over a Zoom platform or, or you know, Google Hangout or whatever it is yeah. that, that you might be using is not a viable option if no. we're truly honest. Like we, we can't do it. I mean, the beginner classes were a work in progress. We did kind of figure out by the end of it all, we had a, a system that was working decently. We had figured out how to hear everybody and, you know, not to have explosions all around the Zoom classroom. We had kind of figured out the, you know, muting and unmuting on it, timing wise so that we didn't have like long periods of, of silence. Mm -hmm. We really figured out um, the social aspect of it because that was something that we didn't really understand was going to be a problem. You know, thinking we were only going to be gone two weeks, we right. didn't realize that what was about to happen is our kids are not going to see any other kids for two and a half months. Yeah. Um, and so the longer this went on, the more it became obvious to us that these times that we did have with our kids were almost better spent not on band. Wow. I mean, that's... I, I, I've kind of found myself coming to this point as well. When when you realize that what you do and what you provide might be just make, get, uh, making life more difficult. Yeah. Uh, and that it's not actually a source of, of, of joy in a household. I mean, you know, practicing a hard band piece is probably never a source of joy. Yeah. But the source of joy is the final performance or playing together or just seeing your friends, maybe. But all of those things aren't happening either. So yeah. that that source of stress and, and, and coming to grips with that as a teacher either uh you know full time in a school like you or in a community group like myself uh coming to grips with the fact that what you provide isn't uh is maybe creating more stress at home sure. is is probably some somewhere where we all got to after about 3 or 4 weeks of this absolutely we're, like, we're not helping the situation well here. and even some of the tools that we all grabbed onto like for example you know my school has never been uh a user of smart music um, you know, I had dabbled in smart music a decade ago, 15 years ago, back when it was, you know, actually a very different platform than it is today. Um, and so when smart music came out and offered these, you know, free subscriptions, at least for people in the United States, you know, all of us grabbed onto that because it was some way for our kids to be, um, you know, we could give them assignments. They could still be held accountable for what they were doing at home. There were all of these wonderful things that we were going to do. And then we realized that most of our kids' technology was not allowing them to use this, this system well. Um, mm. You know, most of our kids, their, their computers, their internal microphones were not allowing smart music to actually listen to them correctly. So even if they were playing something correctly, they were getting bad feedback from the system. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, that became stressful for kids. Like I had, I had a whole lot of my, especially my top kids, even in some of my beginner classes that would send me emails and they were like, Miss Williams, I swear I, I played it correctly and it's giving me a 40 every time. I don't know what to do. And then I'd go back and listen to their file and sure enough, it's correct. Yeah. But you know, the, the actual technology was backfiring on them and that was causing stress here. We thought <laughs> we were giving them this tool that they could explore and find music to play. But then the computer was telling them they were stupid regularly. Um, <laughs> 
So like the I think this is the thing with kids. I think I think sometimes we I think we give kids too much credit for being able to cope with technology. You know, yeah. it's like oh, kids are great. They'll adapt. They they're brilliant with technology. And 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 most kids can't type, for instance. You know, um, or um, you know, kids are great with technology when it's very intuitive and it works. But they sure. don't know how to, as you're saying, they don't know how to fix a problem. Um, you know, if 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 the software isn't doing exactly, they don't know how to right. manipulate the the software to make it work for for their situation absolutely and i mean you know we found and i'm sure every teacher in america discovered that the kids are not well as well versed on being self-sufficient with technology as we thought they were i mean even really simple stuff like attaching a file something that seems very easy for you know us old people which you know we just assume that the younger you are the better you are at this stuff and so i think that all this time when the kids were in real school we were assuming that they understood things that they didn't. And then when what, they were what's a file? all of it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> everything, everything's just like, like sliding and pressing yeah. and apps, like, like the idea of what a file is, isn't something that you would probably have to actually deal with for, for quite some time. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's not in the cloud, so I don't know what to do. <laughs> So one of the things I noticed that happened in Texas was that, or, or and I may be wrong in this, but what seemed to happen in Texas was that Zoom at one point then was seen to be something that wasn't um, usable for schools. A lot of districts um, very quickly said no to Zooms. Okay. Um, and, and, and what was the basis of that? Part of that was some privacy stuff and some yeah. security stuff. And Zoom did a great job of eventually being able to correct some of those problems. Um, my district went ahead and said, go ahead and use them. You need to put these okay. things into place. Those things did not uh, keep everything from happening. In fact, on my very last honors band Zoom, we were hacked. Oh, no. No, it was hilarious. It was so <laughs> wonderful. Okay, and it was, almost, it was almost planned, I swear. What does, what does being hacked on Zoom well, look like? Well, actually, you could probably find it on YouTube because I think the idiot <laughs> put it up there. It was so amazing because at the very beginning, I will be danged, the very beginning of our final Zoom, we were doing like an awards ceremony and that kind of thing. I said, man, I feel I feel really uh, unfortunate that we weren't hacked at all this year. You hear about all these teachers <laughs> that have been hacked. And I mean, we had all of these things in place where like you had to have a waiting room and you had to individually accept all of these mm. kids. So I had a kid that had typed in Jack. I have a Jack in my band. I let him in. And halfway through, halfway through, so I was giving out awards huh. for outstanding solos and Jack starts jamming out on his guitar right there in the middle of our Zoom. And all, none of us knew exactly what was going on at first. And he's like jamming out and it's the worst thing I've ever heard. And he was like, how do you like my solo? <laughs> and that's when I removed him. And so, I mean, that was that was all of the glory he got on my Zoom. But after I removed him, my kids and I thought it was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> like, it, it was almost planned. It was so it was so funny. But because well, um, I mean, I've, look, I've you, you know, you've been great for posting videos of your band rehearsals over the years, and and I mean, that's one of the you know one of the things I think everybody loves watching watching your videos is the. Uh, you know, we call it the crack here in Ireland, but the joy, the fun yeah. that that you you bring to that classroom, uh, while still having quite a, a, a not a stern personality, but you know, sure. you you know how to kind of have controlled fun, sure. you know, um, and that must be the one thing that's just almost impossible to have in Zoom. So I'm sure that was probably a moment where it's just like, well, there's a glimmer of that. that it, fun yes, again. that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. It was a moment where it almost felt normal. 
Like, uh, despite the fact that it was some random person from California <laughs> in on our Zoom with a really bad guitar song, like it was, it was, it was this lighthearted feeling that all of us were getting to experience at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. So I guess thanks to the, the idiot from California <laughs> that busted into our Zoom, because it, it made for something that actually the kids will always remember. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I mean, on that, on that note, how much do you miss them? I, you know, so I am having to do, um, since we were invited to play at Midwest, I have mm -hmm. to assume, and I have to operate like we are going to Midwest. And, you know, if this were a normal year, my kids would be coming in once a week for sectionals, um, up to school. Now, obviously we can't do that. Our schools are not open for us at this point. Um, so we've been having zoom sectionals and the other day, um, I had two sectionals that day. So I was going to be teaching for like two hours. And my husband asked, he was like, are you, are you excited about your Zooms today? And I was like, I have zero motivation and zero energy to do this today. And as soon as I saw the kids start coming in and as soon as we started interacting and as soon as we were counting and working through music, albeit on silent, um, I really enjoyed it. Like I really, really love teaching and yeah. You know, even if it's just for an hour or two a day, like it's it's great every time. There has not been a single sectional that I haven't really enjoyed seeing and interacting with the kids. And, you know, I have to have like planned interactions with them. I've been trying to do like the question of the week where I tell them at the beginning of of sectionals what I'm going to ask them and at the end of, of sectionals. They've had some time to think about it. And they like this week we I asked them, uh, what's a book that made an impact on you? Like a, a book that, that made you have an emotional experience that you didn't realize you could have from a book or a book that made you want to read more. And anyway, I've been letting the kids go around at the end of the zoom and talk about a book that they liked. And they nice. are like clamoring to speak to someone other than their parents. Like right. they desperately want to talk to someone else and it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think Ryan's first thing that he told that he was over a maths, a Zoom maths mm -hmm. class that they had, um, was telling um the 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 other kids about teeth that he had lost. Yeah, <laughs> he just couldn't wait. It was like maths just went out the window. <laughs> but you know that that's that is one of my biggest takeaways from this whole thing is that you know we put a lot of stock into the music part of our job, and of course, like we teach music, um, yeah. of course that's an important component, and that's a component that you know we all are feeling the the void that we have from not doing the music part, but like the kids need the kid part. Mm -hmm. The kids desperately need the kid part. And, you know, I had a kid yesterday that wanted to show us his star Wars encyclopedia. <laughs> and you, that that's what these kids need at this point in time. It's a yeah. relationship thing void for them. It might be a music void for us. It is a relationship void for them. Um, yeah. and so if even one hour a week, I'm giving them that great. It must, be, it must be, um, enlightening to you to know that like, even with that sense that Midwest may not happen for your band this year. And, and I mean, doing anything, knowing that the work that we're putting into something is likely not to actually pay off yeah. I, I, you know like i know that it's going to pay off teaching kids we're teaching kids music right. at the end of the day you know but what i mean is like working towards that final that final performance um and still being able to find joy in that must be sort of an enlightening sort of experience for you to know you know what it's not just that final absolutely result. and i think i mean we'll we'll see you know when we get back to a real normal we'll see if i mm -hmm. hold this true 
I really, I, at, at this moment in time, I feel like my priorities are very different. Okay. Um, just because I see what I from 12 actually, weeks ago. Yes. Because I yeah. see what I'm actually craving right now. Okay. And it's, it's actually not the concert. Hmm. It's the day-to-day -day stuff. It's the day-to-day -day interactions and the day-to-day -day lessons and just the, the being in human connection that I miss. And I think it is very easy for us as performers to really, really prioritize the performance. Um, and, you know, that's all been stripped away. And mm. I still just crave the interaction with them. Um, and I really think that I put a lot of stress on myself ordinarily for the performance. And when the performances have been taken away, that's not what I'm missing. And mm -hmm. so I think it's really kind of shown me what is truly important to me. Um, that's that the sort of thing that's going to stick with music educators for the rest of their careers, I'm imagining. Because, I mean, this isn't something that happens in every lifetime. No. <laughs> um, like, I, if we, if you were to go back in September and everything was fine you know we we're all going back in september there's no hope of another wave of this or anything like that what what do you think you would carry into that new year based on what you've like there may be more the reason i ask it like this is because there may be more lessons to come down the line unfortunately oh sure but based on what we've already had to go through and learn um what do you think the biggest lesson that you're going to take away from 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 this as as of now is well, this may sound counterproductive, but um, I'm going to work less on the product. Mm. Um, I like I like most musicians are very perfectionistic, and you know I'm we're always striving for that perfect performance and that most in tune performance and that most perfect articulation and that kind of thing. And I'm not saying that I'm not going to be working or striving or teaching the kids how to do those things. Mm -hmm. Um, but that, that is not, I mean, you the are from Texas, after right? All. I know <laughs> that that's not the first thing I stole when I got to go up to my school was my metronome. I kid you not. <laughs> I have my Mac Adams right here that during sectionals, I put right next to my microphone. We have the metronome even over zoom. Amazing. First thing I stole. <laughs> um, oh, fantastic. <laughs> the, the kids, the kids are not going to care in 10 years if they were in tune or not. Yeah. Um, the kids are not going to remember how perfect uh, the vertical alignment of the march was. Those are not the takeaways. And so they can't be my only takeaway. Mm -hmm. um, and not that they are, but I just, this whole thing has really, really shed light on what the kids take away from this and what the kids miss and how I can meet the kids where they are. Um, and it's going to be even worse when we come back. This is something that Jenna and TJ, the, the other two band directors that mm -hmm. I work with and are on after sectionals with me, we were talking about this um, a couple of weeks ago. The kids are going to be attention starved when they come back to school. And any teacher that thinks that we are going to come back to our classrooms and our band halls and be able to, to meet them with academic information is wrong. Like these kids are, for some of them, especially the families that are being really, really strict with the COVID um, guidelines, the kids whose families are truly, truly hunkering down during all of this, those kids are going to be desperate for human interaction. 
And, you know, it's like that whole like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like they are going to need to yell and scream outside with other kids. They are going to need to tell you dumb jokes. They are going to need to tell you about their cat. They are going to desperately need that kind of stuff. And if I think I'm going to walk into my band hall with the exact same intensity that I have for the last 16 years, I'm wrong and I'm going to be disappointed. Um, Tell me, for, for anyone that doesn't know, just to be just to give just to give a context, Darcy, for, for anyone that doesn't know, Darcy, as I said, Darcy is teaching middle school. So she's mm -hmm. responsible for teaching beginning band. I'm, I'm just sort of explaining maybe for some yeah. of my, my, my Irish colleagues or European colleagues. So what age group are your kids generally at that middle school? Is sure. it 10, 11? Years my beginners, age? my beginners are usually 11. Yeah. Um, and so I'm teaching 11 through 14. That's the age group okay. of the kids that I teach. So that's that's. That's a, a strange. In Texas, would most would eleven year olds, for the most part, would they have access to social media and smartphones or anything? It's like actually that? there's probably quite a few less than even a few years ago. I think I okay. think maybe five years ago, I would have had more eleven year old kids that are on Instagram or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and and there seems to be a retraction of that from our families. Um, fewer I'm just fewer I'm only asking because you know, like that is, that has been one of the saving graces in this. I mean, look as much as. You know, as much as we give out about social media, if it wasn't for social media, Absolutely. I personally would have cracked up by now. Like, I just wouldn't have gone through yeah. this. And, and like, the kids are living a 1980s lifestyle when they yeah. don't have access to that stuff. Okay, fine. They might have access, to, you know, it's not quite 1980s. They have Disney Life or Disney Plus or whatever. Yeah. You call it. Um, but, you know, they're not they're not on Instagram constantly. Right. They're not on Facebook scrolling and kind of messaging friends constantly. So, you know, they, they are much more um, isolated than we are. And maybe we're, you know, I, I, I haven't sort of given my own two kids enough credit, actually, for, for that, that, you know, I'm talking to friends all the time, but they're not. Absolutely. I mean, you well, know? and, you know, even like my my own daughter, she's two. She had not seen another kid. She The mm. last time she saw a kid was May 13th. And we finally broke down and we have some friends that are being extremely cautious too. And we decided that we felt comfortable going over and hanging out in their backyard. And this is mm -hmm. the first time she'd seen a kid in two and a half months, almost three months since she had seen another kid. And I mean, like we literally walked in the house and she was like, kids, kids. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was actually heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And if we think that that's not going to be the reality for our 11 and 12 and 13 year olds, like it's, it's probably more so because they have been taught their entire life yeah. to be social beings. You know, my two-year-old, she's happy watching Raffi for the fourth time today on <laughs> YouTube. But like these other kids, they have, you know, they don't know an existence without friends. And yeah. that has been immediately pulled away from many of them, or maybe it hasn't. And maybe they're one of the ones that went out on Memorial Day weekend and now got us hmm. 2,500 new COVID cases. So, <sighs> What does that look like now? Okay, so the, I know we mentioned it briefly at the beginning. Mm -hmm. the, there has been a, an an uptick in in cases now. Yeah. Um, w what is the potential impact for your band program in Styles Middle School as a result of that? Well, a lot of um, a lot of Texas is pursuing a couple of different scenarios. Like I, I know my district, some of the scenarios that they're looking at for our district, um, they seem to be pretty. They're, they're pretty committed to the idea of elementary aged. Um, you're like five to 10 year old kids going to school, mostly for childcare for parents. Mm -hmm. um, 
that that seems to be pretty consistent um, is trying to get those kids. And especially those are the kids that don't know how to use technology to get learning. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas secondary can be a little more home-based because they have a better understanding of how to do this. Um, so one of the situations that we're looking at is potentially having elementary age kids going to school and secondary age kids, you're 11 through 18, doing some sort of two day a week schooling where maybe they come on Monday, half of the kids come on Monday, Wednesday, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, they're at home, you know, doing flip the following week. Is it? Well, no. And then on Tuesday, Thursday, we see the other half of the kids. And so nobody's at school on Friday and that can be a planning day or grading day for teachers or whatever it Mm. may be. Um, But so in essence, we would be on this rotating schedule. Um, I actually, of all of the scenarios that have been put out there, I don't think we're going to go back to school normally. I've just kind of Mm -hmm. assumed that that's not going to happen. And if we could do the two day a week week thing, I would actually be very happy with that because that at least gives me face to face time. And to be honest, I'm most concerned about my beginners. And I'm sure any band director across the world would be, you know, Mm -hmm. all of our kids, even if they've only had seven months like our beginners last year they only had seven months of instruction that's still seven months of a skill that they have learned Mm -hmm. you know these beginners if we are forced to try to teach a kid how to play an instrument over a computer like it is going to be unsuccessful yeah um it it is one of the the advantages that we would have in a community education system here if i miss them this year i can get them next year right like the likelihood is that we're not going to recruit this year uh this september we may do a mid-year recruitment for january uh, depending on how things are going but m- my decision for my band was that I have 45 kids that desperately need attention and me to go back to um, big basics with them um, and, and check you know that they haven't forgotten everything uh, and just as you say kind of like like we've been doing zoom quizzes and scavenger mm-hmm. hunts and stuff like that just to kind of get, keep them engaged with each other yeah. Um and I just, I just don't think that I can manage um, bringing those kids back and all of the the time that they need, yeah. and then bringing in beginners as well. I, I just, in a community sense, I wouldn't be able to do that. So it is, it is probably one of the the advantages that we would have here. But for anyone that doesn't sort of hasn't taught this true for the American system, if your kids don't start this year, they're not going to be able to start in year in the second year. Right. Like there, there is potentially a year of kids that if they don't start off in this year, they, they're That's it. B- banned as an option for them moving through school, the school yeah. system. Well, and just to not... kind of give y'all an idea, like, for example, and, and my school is a very big school. Um, we have mm. about 1600 kids on my campus in grades six, seven and eight. Um, yeah. It's a big school. That being said, you know, Keith and I were talking about this a little bit before the podcast started. I have almost... Um, <laughs> I would hey, love Barbara. To Barbara. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have almost 200 kids signed up for beginner band next year. I can't not have them in beginner band and then them join next year. Cause then I'll have 200 kids next year. Can't have 400 beginners. Like mm-hmm. there, there, there's no way I can do that. So I mean, I don't know how you do it with 200. So I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a task. Uh, but if, yeah, if we miss these kids this year, this is, like you said, this is death of an entire year of, of musicians, of beginner musicians. Like we have to find a way to, to educate these kids, regardless of what the mm-hmm. world looks like next year. And could you do that on a two, like, I mean, you'd, you'd still be seeing, you'd probably end up seeing your kids as much as I see my kids here. Actually. Well, and you know, Which there will be, are, will be interesting. There are school districts that have their kids. I mean, we call it, uh, we call, oh my God, I just, the name fell out of my head. What do we call it when it's A-Day, B-Day? 
Oh my God. I'm like drawing a complete blank. Um, Oh, block scheduling. Time for the comment section. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Block scheduling. There are schools that employ block scheduling with their beginners and those band directors complain every year. It does put them at a disadvantage. You know, Mm -hmm. kids do need daily reminders and daily corrections for these new skills to stick with them in the best possible way. You know, seeing a kid for an hour one day and not seeing them for another 48 hours, that leaves a lot of room for bad habits to start. And kids uh, to listen, I, could, I, could, I can testify that. You need someone yeah. to testify for that in, in Texas? I'll get on a Zoom call and tell anyone that needs to yeah. hear that. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the idea of, of everybody in the country going to that, you know, it is going to have implications. And especially for those of us that are not used to teaching in that environment, this is going to be a strong learning curve. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I will say the the schools that generally have block scheduling are seeing their kids for 90 minute windows. Um, so they're able to do like maybe some music theory for part of class and then do actual FaceTime on the instrument for the other part of class. Whereas like my class, my day is not going to be changing. So if I'm only seeing a kid um, on Monday and Wednesday, I'm still only going to be seeing them for 45 to 50 minutes. So that unfortunately is not changing for me. Um, I don't know. We'll see how it's going to work. Oh man. So, I can't like- tell you one thing that we are exploring the possibility of is completely revamping what we do with the kids that do know how to play instruments. So like our seventh and eighth graders, one of the ideas that we've been tossing around is that we are not going to view these kids as being in a band and view these kids potentially as just being in another instrumental class. So I was going to say, like, would the conservatory sort of model yeah. work for the next, actually potentially a couple of years? Um, do we see these new kids through the sure. through the system? Um, would a conservatory, because really that's what we're going to be doing um, in September. Um, they don't know it yet, but that's what they're going to be doing in September. Yeah, because we I can't know. bring them all back. We've got a tiny little band room. Right. Um, well, so I mean, we have to do even, conservatory style. Even if it was set up so that my entire band, um, well, yeah, I, I know, Barbara. Um, <laughs> even if my entire band was able to show up on Monday and Wednesday, my band hall is not big enough to house 71 kids. Not not under the the social distancing guidelines that we've been given. You know, if I'm having to keep my kids, you know, they're saying 10 feet apart for wind instruments. I might can get 35 kids in my band hall. So my band would have to be split. And that's something that TJ and Jen and I have already talked about. Like we are very lucky. We have facilities that would allow for us to break out kids into different um, rooms. But like in my, that, my my room is about 10 foot yeah. you know so. well in that instance it would be become something more like a maybe a low brass class maybe mm-hmm. i have all my trombones euphoniums and tubas in there and we're working on etudes mm-hmm. or we're working through book three but we're not are you are you, are you getting are you getting recommendations from 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 local authorities for spacing for instrumentalists because what we're suffering from here darcy is Nothing. we're getting recommendations yeah yeah, yeah. We, like i mean we're getting recommendations for community groups or we're getting recommendations for school groups and we're being told to kind of follow general community guidelines or follow general school guidelines and it's like 
that's not applicable to what we do in right. any way. Choirs are the same thing, you know, choirs are having, having, having the same issue. And then we see reports that come out and Barbara's been great. She's been sharing them all across the Bands of Ireland platform and, and elsewhere where we see professional orchestras coming out. You know, the Berlin Philharmonic have yeah. come out with a report to say this. And, you know, we only need to have like six foot between people and perspex between everyone. And that's once we have all of that and we don't have, you know, and we have a, a spacious hall. And I mean, you know, these recommendations aren't going to be applicable for any no. community group. And I mean, even smaller programs in the US, I'm sure, would would, would suffer um, from those sort of recommendations. You know, I just I think that um, we this is such new territory for everyone. And the powers that be are um, are most concerned, understandably, about academics Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I understand it. I don't like it, but I understand it. And so they're putting all of their time and energy into considering, you know, how are we going to continue teaching these kids math? And I get that math is important. I understand that. But flute class, let's talk about flute class. Like <laughs> they, they they haven't talked about it yet. And, mm-hmm. you know, where are we as educators going to get kids to do studies on? So we are having to look at the same stuff y'all are at with the Berlin Philharmonic. Yeah, and that yeah. Kind of yeah. Stuff. Or and, the U.S. Okay. Army Band, or right. you know any of these any of these groups coming out with recommendations that are great if you're a professional sure. uh, group, or, or, or even if you on. only have one group of kids. I mean, like right. some of these organizations that are saying, "Hey, you just have these plexiglass screens." Okay, that's great. So, do I have all 420 of my kids share <laughs> the same 50 screens? Because right. I'm sure there's some like guideline that I need to spray everything down with Lysol and let it sit in the sun for four hours or whatever it might be. Like, well, we've seen the, what the, we, we've seen what the budget looks like for cleaning the classrooms here from September. And it's insane. I mean, I it probably, the sort of numbers that we're talking about probably don't probably see quite small by Texas standards, but like for the offer an Irish budget, like they're putting massive amount of money into paying for these classrooms to get cleaned on, I think a daily basis. Yeah. Um, I just uh, hope nobody knows that we dump spit on the floor on a daily basis. <laughs> Like, let's not tell anybody that. Let's get that on the This isn't live or anything, is it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's I've been joking with a few people saying, like, you know, um, being a conductor of a wind band or brass band has to be up there at one of the highest risk jobs in the, in, in the world at the moment, you know? I know. The sun oh, is coming into my office. I'm trying to find a spot where it's not in my eyes. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, uh, I, I don't I don't know what's going to happen with that. I know you don't have to deal with it, but do um would you think high schools will have band camp this year? They oh, can play outdoors. Oh, I've I've asked an interesting question though because it's outdoors, and we're actually yeah. thinking about doing something. We're thinking that maybe the only thing we can do with the kids, sure, um, this year, this, this August, we may, we may be marching right into Christmas. <laughs> so uh, we have an organization in Texas, UIL, University Interscholastic mm-hmm. League, and they are in charge of all of our competitive organizations. Um, from middle school on. They do all sports, all band, all academic competitions, like debate team and that kind of stuff. And they came out with um, a ruling a couple of weeks ago saying that um, some date in June, maybe it was June 1st, I don't even know, but uh, that sports and marching band could start meeting as long as they were meeting under social distancing guidelines and they said no wind instruments. So meaning that you could go out and maybe have marching fundamental practice as long as your kids were staying six to 10 feet apart. Um, Which means that, you know, in Texas, some of our band programs would not fit on the field. 
Mm-hmm. It, you know, if we're doing that, you know, if we're spreading the kids out six to right. 10 feet apart, like that's the whole football field. Now, when you say wind, it's, I assume that brass are still a problem too. Correct. No, <laughs> like, yeah, I guess. So percussion it's could like, play. Why, why, why are the wind instruments the problem? <laughs> no, no, no. Any, anything, any instrument that uses air, yeah. um, not allowed to use. Um, and so instantly on my Facebook feed were, it was just an onslaught of band directors that were like, we're going back tomorrow. <laughs> Um, and I know that some of them have, some of them have started having, uh, rehearsals. I know there was a, there was an article that was getting passed around Facebook a couple of days ago about, um, a school down in the Valley, like down in South, South Texas that has started doing, um, some sort of rehearsals that marching violence. Oh my God. <laughs> um, all of our kids, would quit orchestra. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but they, they've already started doing some sort of of rehearsals. Now they were, the pictures in the article were of them doing sectionals spread out indoors. And, you know, I, I can't deny that I have really considered like, um, you know, later in July doing some sort of Midwest sectional, maybe outside. We have a, we have an outdoor basketball court right outside of our band hall, you know, setting up chairs out on the basketball court at 9 AM before we hit hundred degrees um, and doing mm-hmm. some sort of sectional out there. It's, it's something that I've considered, um, but so yeah, the marching and the football, we're good to go in Texas. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. No, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, I mean, my, my kids, as I said before, like they're eight, seven, eight years of age, most, most of them. So teaching anything on zoom, I haven't even tried it. Honestly, I, I, there was just, there was no point. And, um, we had, um, actually myself and Mark Connor from the everything band podcast, yeah. We tried doing a, a joint flip grid project where we were picking a single piece and his kids were recording it, my kids, because he's middle school and, you yeah. know, close enough in age. My kids are a little bit younger. But um, that was really interesting. We had a couple of exchanges, but then again, it was one of these things that like, ugh, look, back to the drawing board. It's just too difficult to engage with them. Yeah. But but I've kind of kept to that sort of model of recording a piece, you know, record myself playing, teaching a piece of music for you know, 10 minutes and then having them submit videos during, during the week, you know? Um, but, but for zoom, all we've done is, uh, table quizzes. And I think I'm almost sure that I got the idea of the scavenger hunt from after sectionals. Did you guys yeah, we, do this? Yeah, we did. And that was a super <laughs> successful. The kids had so much fun doing that. Like, you know, we came up with a list of 10 odd things that they needed to find. And so I, I like set the timer for like three minutes and they had three minutes to go run around their house and find their stuff. And, <laughs> They had a great time doing that. That was super. Oh, you did you? So you had to. They had to do the all 10, 10 items. Bring mm-hmm. bring them back. Yep. Uh, see, I did it item by item, and that caused that was that was there was controversy about that because the kids would be running back with each item, and there's, you're watching forty kids on a Zoom screen. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. see who was actually coming back first. So, no, they had, they so by round eight, I had my own son who wasn't allowed into this room, giving out that I wasn't, you know, that I wasn't actually doing this right. You know, he's shouting it at me. So, you know, that that was that was quite controversial. But uh. <laughs> that, and we did a we did several rounds. My kids really had a great time doing categories. Which is, oh, I don't you know, know what that is. That's like old school, like seventies or eighties game where you uh, you have you have a list of categories. So it might be like number one might be a boy's name, number two might be a city, number three might be a beverage, and then you have you have twelve categories and you have to come up with an answer for each of them that starts with a letter. So maybe the letter is huh. D, and you have a minute and a half to come up with twelve answers oh, that no. all start with that letter. And that was, uh, 
That was good fun. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. And we had one of my absolute best and brightest kids. Uh, they were supposed to write a mammal. And she said like duck. And the, kid, the other kids were like, were looking at her and they're like, a duck is not a mammal. And then there was this whole <laughs> argument about science and warm blooded and feathers. And <laughs> yeah, we had, we had another one during that scavenger hunt, uh, you know, I asked for something green you could eat and someone came back with, uh, the first, the girl that came back with, with it first, she got five points and she, uh, but there was a lot of debating because it was a packet of crisps that were in a green mm. packet. And I had given her these, I was like, no, it's green. <laughs> you know, so I eventually gave in and, you like, know, but they uh, are not green. The packaging <laughs> is green. Eat the bag. So it's been fun, you know, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've really, every time that I've seen them, I, 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 I can only mean, I can only imagine how you feel when you see the kids every day. I see the kids twice a week and I really, really miss it at yeah. this point, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm hoping to get back marching in July once a week for an hour on a big, big Gaelic football field. Sure. <laughs> now I, I would, I would love to be able to see the kids and I hope that they're, I desperately hope that we come up with a plan so that we're seeing the kids at least part-time mm -hmm. um, start school in mid-August, hopefully. Well, please come back soon, um, Darcy, and let me know. Like, if we wait another 14 weeks, we'll be re well into yeah, September. Yeah. So I'll try not I'll try not catch you when, when all of that is happening, but maybe when we when we do find out whatever this yeah. new new normal is, I might get you back and see, see yeah, how I'd love you're, to. you're adapting. Yeah. Um, because it, it really has. I mean, you know, uh, the the journey that we've all been on from 14 weeks ago, when I remember Barbara was on the stream as well with us and we were saying, yeah, yeah it's going to be two weeks and then we'll see how it is. And, you know, it's a good, I good know. time to spend away. But, we can reset, press the reset button. And <laughs> But, you know, it, I, I do think this has been a great reset because mm. I do think it has given all of us a chance to see what our priorities truly are. When mm. anything that is... Um, self-glorifying has been stripped away and i say self-glorifying you know loosely but that's what a performance is yeah anything that brings us um notoriety or applause when all of that has been stripped away what is actually important to us and i hope we never lose track of that again um even when we can start having audiences for our work again um and i just lost my train of thought on that but oh i don't think we can think more than like two weeks ahead of time no, like the, it, everything, uh, even two weeks ago now, at least the world in the United States looked very different two weeks ago. Um, so I don't think there's really anything that we can think about much past two weeks from here. Yeah, I mean, Barbara is definitely one person that thinks outside of the box uh, with this car park band. Did, 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 you, you may have heard me mentioning that we're doing a car yeah. park band here. Um, and the idea is actually to, you know, you definitely know when you're watching bands of Ireland stuff happening, you definitely know the ideas that are coming from me and the ideas that are coming from Barbara. You can tell which which one of us. But actually, I, I think the idea behind this was to kind of raise awareness of mental health. Mm -hmm. uh, for musicians, because actually a lot of the band community musicians here, uh, particularly uh, the band is kind of one day of the week to kind of yeah. get out of the, the house outside of maybe, you know, their work workplace. And uh, they haven't had that for 14 weeks. Yeah. So the importance of sort of doing that for uh, for adults come together and just playing together and having that release. Um, so it's, yeah, it is an opportunity to kind of think outside of the box and be more creative Um I, I had a great um, uh, teacher for a while. It was a, he, a jazz guy. He taught me uh, 
to improvise a little bit. A guy called Mick Lynch, Barbara would know him mm. really well. And uh, Mick refused to let me use more than three notes um, for a number of weeks and just to force me into being as creative as possible. Sure. Because I used to just fly up and down blue scales without actually creating any music. So he would reduce the number of notes. And I think this is kind of what's happening to us a little bit here yeah. is that we're our tools are being reduced. Yes. And we're, we're being forced to kind of find what is fundamental and important and what the priorities are, I think, maybe. Um, but I've, I've really enjoyed watching and I, I, what I, I really appreciate, and I'm sure so many other people do, Darcy, and I've said this well before I kind of was doing this live streams. Um, I really appreciate how much you put out there into the world for the rest of us to um, see. And even over the last 14 weeks, like telling us the, your struggles, um, because the rest of us see that and we identify and we empathize with that. And it makes us kind of realize that we're not on our own, too. So I totally. really appreciate that. And I'm sure many, many other people do, too. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Well, let Darcy have a good weekend. Yes. Um, and hopefully, <laughs> if it does feel like a weekend, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you very soon. Okay, that'd be great. Okay, see you, Darcy. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, a huge thank you to Darcy for joining me on the podcast today. Hopefully you were able to identify with some of those uh, concerns and some of the journey that Darcy's gone through and also some of the concerns and journey that Andrew from earlier on in the podcast has gone through as well. Um, it's been a long number of months. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. If you haven't already done so, please head over to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and like us on whatever social media platform you enjoy. And if you are interested in drum corps at all, don't forget we have our new drum corps podcast as well, Finding Drum Corps. And you can find that on all of those same locations as well. So stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you next time back in the band room.